Deuteronomy chapter 1 verse 6 and 7 is the main text that I want to use. If you can go to it, please. And I'm reading in the NIV Bible. The Lord said unto us at Horeb, you have stayed long enough at this mountain. Break camp and advance. Look at your neighbor and say, break camp and advance. Look at your other neighbor who's not saying anything and say, neighbor, break camp and advance. Break camp and advance. Now, we use this scripture, of course, our crossover service and last week's Sunday. And the background there is that the people of Israel had nearly completed 40 years wandering in the wilderness and never entering into the promised land. Now, a new generation was getting ready to enter the promised land. And what God didn't want was for this new generation to repeat the mistakes of the previous generation. Because every promise or vision that God gives you is going to demand certain actions from you. So for them to enter the promised land, it meant that they could not carry on like they had done 40 years before. And so God, I, you know, I, I, like, I like it when a pastor says amen. You know, I just enjoy that. Yes, I wish I can replay it, you know. <laughs> you know, pastors never say amen when you preach. <laughs> amen. Mara, our pastors are different. Shaba, yaba. I like the young ones because they shout, you know, yeah. So entering the promised land, therefore, would demand a new attitude. A different attitude than the one that had kept their lives stagnant for 40 years. And God is saying to them, you got to break camp and advance. you got to do certain things to be able to advance. You cannot wander around for 40 years anymore. Time is not waiting for you. How many of you realize that you are now one year older than you were last year? No longer as young and no longer as pretty or no longer as handsome. If you had some hair, some hair has fallen off, ladies. Oh, gentlemen, you have to go and put some more Brazilian hair, ladies, just to make up for the losses. How many of you realize that, you know, you're not as young and strong. We're getting closer to our graves. You are one year closer. I know you black people, you don't want us to talk about dying. But we're getting closer to our graves. And so we have no time to waste in being stagnant and staying in one place. Thank God 2015 has gone by, but you cannot go back to the habits of 2015 that kept you back from entering. Can I hear a good amen in the house? Can I hear a good amen in the house? You see, God's vision for our lives is going to demand us to take certain calculated actions. And if we don't embrace what is new, we will continue with our stagnant lives. We'll continue with our lives that are not achieving anything. And so vision is going to demand certain things from you. Don't kid yourself. If you say you have vision, if you say you want to fulfill vision, it's going to demand certain things from you. Now I want to show you things that vision is going to demand. There's several of them. The first thing that vision will demand from you is obedience. Obedience. 
Whatever God tells you, you must obey. Whatever God tells you to do, you need to obey. Very often people are glad to hear what God said, but they never do anything about it. People may know what God told them, but they never do. If you know it's from God, if you know it's God's will for you, if you know it's God's time for you, you better get up and do something about it. Yeah. Some of you, you have been considering certain things for a long time. And I want to say to you, you have dwelt too long considering, thinking about it. It's time for you to get up and do something about it. Yeah. See, if you don't ever obey, it's not going to happen. Paul says in the book of Acts, chapter 26, verse 19, when he was speaking to King Agrippa, he says, oh, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. Hallelujah. Whatever heavenly vision God gives you, obey it. Whatever it is, whatever God is speaking to your heart, obey it. I have made up my mind. I want to live a life of obedience. Yeah. Because I'm telling you, Basalan, life is very short. You know, when you're at a certain age, you don't realize that life is short. Yeah. And the more you waste your years, the more you let life pass on, the more you postpone doing what's right, the more you wait, the more you justify yourself for not having done what you should have done, is the more you are running out of time to do what you should do. Yeah. Yeah. Life is short. And the earlier and the sooner you start with God's vision for your life, the better. Because then you can be able to fulfill and complete what you should fulfill before you pass on to glory. You don't want to get to the end of your life with a half-finished product and a half-finished enterprise. He says, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. Jesus says in John 5.30, he says, I can of my own self do nothing. He says, as I hear, I judge and my judgment is just because I seek not my own will, but the will of the Father who has sent me. Live to seek after God's will. Live to do God's will in your life. Let your life be about that. God says to Moses, I have given you a pattern, a vision to build me a tabernacle. And in Exodus chapter 25 verse 9, in the NIV Bible, God says to him, make this tabernacle and all its furnishings exactly like the pattern that I will show you. He says, make it exactly. Don't add to it. Don't subtract to it. Do what I've told you. And as I've told people, you know, sometimes when it comes to church work, sometimes it's unfortunate that, you know, the secular have an idea of what church should be. Non-church people, not maybe non-church might be wrong, but people who are in the corporates, on the secular world, they kind of want to define what church should be and what church should do. But you see, we must do what Jesus said we must do. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes, you know, in the name of relevance, go to do this to be relevant. But my question is relevant according to whose standard? Who are we seeking to please? Are we seeking to please the one who has called us? Yes. 
or are we seeking to please the opinions of mankind? Yeah. And you need to do what God has told you to do, my brother, my sister. Not everybody may like it, not everybody may agree with it, but you need to get on with God's vision for your life. Yeah. Yes. It's important for us, Barcelona. We need to do exactly what God told us. We need to build the church and do things in the church that Jesus said we must do. I tell you, I was so blessed during the, good, the, 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 the crossover service, particularly by the testimonies of the people. I tell you, when I heard what they were saying, it made me to even have a stronger resolve to do certain things. Because people were talking about how they receive from God as we were worshiping and praying, as we were calling out things that were happening by the gifts of the Spirit. And it was interesting, they were not necessarily in Pinville. They were watching on the screen wherever they were. And the power of God went through the television and the, and the internet to go and touch somebody somewhere. Can I hear an amen in the house? But the church is the place where we preach the gospel. The church is the place where we do teaching, preaching, and healing. The church is that place. It's not for us to sell insurance policies. It's not for us to make people have business connections. It's not for us to teach people to become millionaires. No, this is a place for us to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Got to build according to pattern. Yeah. That's what the church is there for. The church is there for the welfare of people's lives. For the nourishment of the spirits of the people. It's not a place for us to entertain people. It's not a place for us to become comedians and nice people. It's a place for us to preach the gospel. Can I hear an amen? Build according to pattern. Be very careful to do that. Before I get carried away. Let's, let's continue. God is very particular, Bazalan. That when we build a house for his habitation. Or when you do what he told you. Or the vision that he gave you or anything he instructs, that we must do it according to the pattern that he shows us. We must make sure that our steps are ordered by the Lord. The steps of a good man. Psalms 37, verse 2 and 3. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. But God will not order you in something that he has not ordered. Yeah. God's not going to get involved in something that he never started. Yeah. But if he starts it, he will make sure he is the alpha and the omega. He's the author and the finisher of your faith. Yeah. God will make sure he never leaves you and he never forsakes you because he ordered it. Can I hear a name on that? Number two. The second demand of vision. Vision will demand change. Look at the neighbor and say, change. change. Say it again. Change. Say it again. Change. Say it again. Know this, Bazalana. This is important. You need to write this down. The visionary person is the one who appreciates the past, lives in the present, but thinks in the future. Let me say that again. The visionary person is the one we appreciate the past. I appreciate 2015. Mara, the truth is I live now. <laughs> but I also have to look at my life from the perspective of the future. Maybe I must bring... 
I heard somebody say something. I don't know where they were saying it. I am, okay, I won't try to remember, but this man has a way of preaching sermons that are very amazing and very challenging. They, I was told, <laughs> this preacher brought a coffin into the church one day. <laughs> Look at your neighbor who almost fainted and said, ah, it's just, it's just said he last night. Maybe I must do that one day. And then, before he preached, he told the people to get into the coffin. Hey! He says, get into the coffin. I want you to have a feeling. <laughs> I can see how sketchy he is over there. Woo! Maybe I must do that someday. What do you think? Maybe we have a... There's many of us bring several coffins all over. Just fill this place with coffins. Huh? How about we do that? We just have a coffin service. And then, and then when they were in the coffin... You know, they were, it was a manageable crowd. He looked over at the guy in the coffin and said, Now that you are dead, what do you want me to say about you? Yeah. Because he said, All that's left is whatever you did when you are still on this earth. So if you are a visionary, you're always thinking about. What is going to be said about me after I'm gone? In fact, more importantly, what is God going to say about me when I'm gone? Because remember, you can't come back and redo. You, you can't press the reset button. You can't do the reboot stuff. You can't say, Whatever you did up until that time is what God's going to put next to you on that day of judgment. That's why Paul says, I want to apprehend what Christ has apprehended for me. I want to do everything that in God's mind was supposed to be fulfilled in my lifetime. Yeah. So on that day of judgment, God's going to bring his vision for your life, my life, and what I did during my lifetime. And compare the two. <laughs> Look at your neighbor and say, it's not a nice sermon, but it makes me think. <laughs> yeah. So when you are a visionary, what you try and do is to go the other side of the grave. And you can live from that perspective. And adjust your present so that you live in such a way that you fulfill what God wants. <laughs> It influences what you do with your time. It influences what you read, who you associate with. It influences the places you go. It influences what your priorities are like. And the minute you do that, you realize how short time is. I'm telling you the truth. I'm telling you the truth. Vision is going to demand that from you. Yeah. Paul says, I want to apprehend what Christ has apprehended for me. In other words, vision pushes you into the unknown. Any vision God gives you, even if it's still the same old thing that he told you to do, there are still different dimensions to it. If you have a church of five people, the minute you move into 500, it's a new thing. So if you don't change, if you're not adaptable, if you're not flexible, 
Jesus talked about in Matthew chapter 9 how new wine must be put into new wineskins. Wine as a symbol of the Holy Spirit. New wine is volatile. New wine has activity. Jesus says the Holy Spirit is like new wine. You can't predict. It's like wind. You don't know where the wind comes from. You don't know where it's going. But the wind is blowing. What you must do is to cooperate with the wind. It is like wine that is active and volatile. It's active, it's doing something. It has not settled. And if you cannot expand and shrink and expand and change form and, and be able to adapt yourself to where God is taking you, you you're going to have problems. Here yeah, we're saying a thousand churches. Hashtag a thousand churches. I tried to calculate the other time how much it's going to take for us to have a thousand churches before I go home to glory. When I started calculating, I got scared. Because I realized I have to plant X amount of churches per month. And to plant X churches per month, you must have X amount of leaders per month. And you must have X amount of venues per month. And you must have X rent per month. Changes your whole life. Once you see that, then it means, okay, to do that, what must I do now? That's why when you're a visionary person, there's a certain agency to life that you have that other people don't have. Other people are still blasé. They are still stagnant. They think they have a lot of time. But when you start living out the vision, you realize that this thing is going to take longer than what I thought. Yeah. Vision, when you start doing what God told you, all of a sudden you realize you have to keep adjusting and changing and chopping and getting to an... But if you don't start... You never know. That's what it's going to demand of you. You know, as a student, you know, I, I know, I know you, many of you are much better than I was, but when they gave us projects to do, particularly during holiday time, I would never start on the project the following day. I'd say, no, well, we have 10 days. Holiday. Yeah. Where is that now? I mean, why waste all these holidays? You know, I can sleep and be irresponsible. And then towards the time when the schools are about to reopen, then I will start the project a day before. <laughs> and then when you start the project, <laughs> the project, it has just cut the seed. You only discover when you start doing something about it that it takes longer than what you thought so if you never start you'll never know what vision demands the person who is still theoretic about what they must do you still have it in your notebook you've put it on your devotional huh? you have put it in your journal but you haven't started, you don't realize how long it takes to do that. And it's only when you start vision that vision is going to force you. When God told Joseph, you're going to rule over your brothers, God didn't tell him about being sold into slavery, didn't tell him about the pit, didn't tell him about jail, didn't tell him about Potiphar, he didn't tell him about the prisoner friend of his. But it was all part of the package. And you only discover all that when you start doing something. 
So the longer you wait, my dear friend, is the longer you are running out of time. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm hoping you are not running out of time at all, my friend. Yeah. Vision is going to demand change. Watch this. Change starts when you become restless and unhappy with putting up with less than God's best for your life. Yeah. The day you become restless and unhappy, I can't stay like this, and you start doing something, then change starts. Like the woman with the issue of blood. She said, I've been sick for a long time. Yeah. They say I'm dying. They say I'm sick. I'm going to do something about it. Like blind Bartimaeus. I hear he's not coming to me, but even if he's not coming to me, I am going to him because I am sick and tired of being blind. Like the Syrophoenician woman we read about in the book of Matthew chapter 15. She knew she is a Gentile. She knew she's not supposed to go to Jesus. She knew that healing was not for her, but she came to that point where she was sick and tired of it all. And she said, I know, but I'm tired of this situation. I'm going to do something about it. When she came to Jesus, Jesus didn't talk to her. She didn't go away. She just kept on pursuing. Jesus said, I can't give you. You are a dog. She said, I know I'm a dog, but I'm not going back home the same way I came. Until you get that attitude about your vision, you're not going anywhere. Can I hear an amen in this house? Yeah. 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 You, you, you have to have a certain spirit. Some of you, you are too nice. You're too nice. You are putting up with failure too much. You are making a truth with failure too much. You got to get tired of failing and say, I'm going to get up and do something about it. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God says to the children of Israel, He says, You have stayed too long. Too long. I think one of the Fondest memories I'll have of 2015, among many things, is when the student said, too long. Hashtag, the fees must fall. Yeah. I love that. We've been asking them to do something about it. They're not doing something about it. We're going to get up and do something about it. We are tired of this. I hope they can have the same attitude about alcohol and drugs. Ah, come on, somebody in the house, did I hear an amen? I said somebody say amen in this house. Oh! It doesn't matter what it is in your life. It's waiting for your resolve. Doesn't matter what it is that's been there for long. Doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are. Doesn't matter what color of skin you are. As long as when you say, I am sick and tired of this, I'm going to do something about it. Yeah. Yeah. Change is part of what visionaries go through. Change is part and parcel of our journey. We must embrace the change that vision requires of us. Why? Because staying with the familiar will deprive us of what God potentially wants to do in our life. It will put your life on autopilot. Where you are comfortable and you are under challenge, praising yourself for being an underachiever. Because you see, we can all compare ourselves with somebody and all of us will always be better than somebody else. 
But the question is not about somebody else. The question is, where does God want to see your life at that point? Paul says, I'm not comparing myself with other people. I'm comparing myself with what Christ apprehended for me. Yeah. Because there will always be somebody where you will feel comfortable. It is... Pat yourself on the back and praise underachievement. Give yourself a bonus for underachieving. Give yourself a promotion for underachieving. And God is looking at heaven and says, but this person is not supposed to be there. They're supposed to be right here. Number three. Vision demands boldness. Boldness. If you know God is speaking to you, if you know that vision comes from God, if you know that time is right, don't wait until you have all the resources necessary. Are you understanding what I'm saying to you? Sometimes we want to wait until everything is there. People to agree, the tender to be signed. What, what to come? And I realize that, you know, sometimes... When you start on the path of vision, you don't have everything you need. When we started our church, you know, years ago, we didn't have all the knowledge of knowing how to keep the books properly and accounting and having uh, 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 board committees. We didn't know all that. All we had was just a few people. But we, de we decided we're going to be accountable with the money. We did bookkeeping our way, of course. <laughs> It was very ancient, but it was accountable. And you could, you could track the money. There was paper trail. We didn't know how to post in the ledger and the blue and the whatever. And the, no, we didn't know all that. But we, we knew one plus one is two. So we, 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 we did it that way. And we, 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 we put processes in of accountability, even if they were ancient. Yeah. You don't wait until you have all the complexities. You, you don't need them. When we started singing, we didn't have all these instruments and all these lights. Some of you, you think the Holy Ghost only moves with lights. You, you don't, this is nice to enhance and all these nice screens behind us. It's just to enhance, to give a, what do young people call the ambiance. But, you, you, but really, you don't need the ambiance to be anointed. You don't even need the sound system. In fact, you don't even need the instruments. You can, you can sing or talk a cappella. And if you don't start with what you have, it's going to be a problem. Many people postpone starting because they want everything to be perfect. Ask anybody who's ever achieved anything. They had to start with what they had. That's what God told Moses. Moses says, you are saying I must go to the children of Israel. You are saying I must talk to them and tell them you've sent me. What will I use to convince them to do the miracles? God says, don't ask me what you use. What do you have in your hand? What do you have in your hand? You got something right now. No matter how ordinary it may seem. No matter how old-fashioned it may seem. Maybe all you know who Rufella because you're not because oh, God will anoint that because and He will use it. Yeah. Some of us when we started, I'm not saying I'm a better preacher now. Maybe can improve it a little bit. I don't know. But now when I started preaching, people used to sleep. 
I tell you, I had a powerful anointing to cure insomnia when I preached people's life. And it was very difficult and I didn't know. And God has called me and people are sleeping and I'm thinking, God. It was worse afterwards when they came to give a testimony. They said, the Lord touched me when you said, Asaganjani, you were sleeping. <laughs> Started in a school hall. Didn't have all the sound system. We had a few people. Santa Navarra Tembo, Cornelia, I said, they were, Libo, 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 Tape, Shem. Yeah. You remember that guitar that you used to play? An acoustic guitar. It was always out of tune. You remember? You remember? Tape, you remember those drums that we finally bought? How did Shem pass the hour? I didn't even know. He comes to me, he says, Muruti didn't a snare. Snare? I say, hey, we don't need any snare. The snare is of the devil. He says, no, no, snare. Some of you are a little bit of snaking. Snare? But it's that thing here we have more bass drum. But you see, you don't learn that until you start. You'll never know that until you start. You gotta start with what you got. Like sound system PV. You remember that sound system? Yeah, PV. It had six channels maximum. With speakers this big. You know, reset TV and whatever he had a feedback or echo. You don't know. But you know. All those things, Bazalana, it's part of the journey. Can I hear an amen, Bazalana? Can I hear an amen, Bazalana? Can I hear an amen, Bazalana? Start where you are with what you have today. Yeah. You have a dream to have chain stores? Start as Paza Shop. In a legal place, of course. Okay, I think that was not the best illustration. Number whatever, number four. Number four. Vision is going to demand commitment, devotion, and hard work. Commitment, devotion, and hard work. What am I saying? You must have a passionate, relentless pursuit for the vision to be fulfilled. Passionate and relentless. You need to so believe in that vision. If everybody else walks, you'll be the last person standing. Yeah. Because you're on the path of vision. People give up. They, they leave. They don't fulfill their promise. When you phone to get the money, bad connection. Hello? Hello? And they switch it off. <laughs> and then when you call by the hey, drop call, can you hear me? Hello? <laughs> yeah. You can tell that, but to one they've changed their minds, but they don't have the courage to tell you. So if you hang your hopes on people, it's big trouble. Now I know there's a place, and I'll talk about it in the sermon where we need people. But the thing is this: you need to so believe in the vision that God has given you. That people finally have to figure out they are not going to stop. They will do this thing with or without us. Yeah. That's why Mr. Jesus with his disciples 
When he went to Samaria and they wouldn't come along, he didn't care. He went and spoke to the Samaritan woman. When they came back with chicken licken and they offered him, he said, no, you eat your chicken licken. I don't want it. My meat is to do the will of him who sent men to finish his work. Yeah? You have to get to that point. That's why one time when he preached that hard sermon and people left because of his sermon, he even told his disciples, do you also want to join them? Yeah, I see you begging in the name of Jesus. I said, I see you holding on to what God has told you. Yeah, you got to have that kind of spirit. Commitment. Hard work. You got to be that person who's passionate and devoted. When you have vision, let everybody take a cue from you by the standard of commitment. If you are running a business or anything, if you say we are opening at 8 o'clock, be there by 7. And when they arrive at 9 o'clock, they must find you having been operational since 8 o'clock. When we started our church, you know, people were so much of latecomers those years. It's better now. Some of you haven't been cured yet. Anyhow, Mara, they're just bad. And I remember one of our ushers one day, I said, I said, start the service. He says, no, pastor, we can't start. The people are not there. I said, okay, no, you are there. Okay, no, you are the people. Let's start. He said, no, I'm not waiting for people. And then I had to come up with a plan. So we would start. And then I'd start preaching to empty benches. Just a few people preach. I'm telling you, preach my heart. More than now. Oh, preach. But then those years we would preach and then always pray for people at the end. So I noticed a trend that people would come at the end because and when they came, they come straight to be prayed for. I'll sort them out, these ones. I changed the program. I would start by praying first for the few who were there. And then I'm preaching. And then at the end, close the service. They come to me when the service started the following Sunday quarter to nine and then when they were all there then I didn't pray for the sick that day I confused why? Because I was committed to what I was doing. I see you being committed in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. Don't hang your hopes on people with your vision. If you've given them an assignment and they're not doing it, roll up your sleeves and do it yourself. Yeah. Why? This is my vision. The way you've scrubbed the floor. This does not represent who I am. I didn't ask you to do this because I can't do it. No, 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 no. I can do it and I'm going to do it myself. I get to say, no, 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 no. You do it yourself. You got to be so committed to your view. I don't know about you, Bazalana, but I'm speaking to somebody in this house. I'm speaking to somebody who's watching. Don't let people hold you hostage. Have commitment. Hard work. You know, I did it those years. I still do it now. When you start the church, take out the chairs. Connect the sound system. Clean the floor. Remove the papers. 
Because sometimes when you get people to do it for you, they think they're doing you a favor. And when you challenge them about underperformance, they get angry. They get an attitude problem. So you say, no, 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 but this is the vision we have. This is the standard we want to have. This is where we're going. Don't pull me down to your ordinary level. Ah, ah. We want to operate. And see, some of you, you've allowed people to drag you down. You are settling for something less than who you are. You know that what you're carrying is bigger than what people are doing. But you don't have the courage to say, this is the vision God has given me. Oh, God is talking to somebody in this house. Get up and do something in the devil. Yeah. Do something. Commitment. Hard work. Devotion. You set the standard. You set the bar of commitment for the vision that God has given to your life. And you are not for sale. You are not willing to tone down. You are not willing to get better. You are not willing to go down to level 5. You want to operate at level 10 all the time. You want to be 10 out of 10. Do we have 10 out of 10 people in this house who are going to do something? Do something. Do something. Hallelujah. 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 You must be passionate. In Nehemiah 4, 6, it says, so we went on building the wall. And all the wall was joined together, halfway up, for the people who were working hard. Vision is going to demand hard work. And for those who are always wanting to be rested perpetually. Perpetual holiday. Hawaii mode. How many of you are sitting next to a Hawaii mode person? <laughs> Forgive. Number five. Vision will demand continual prayer. Ephesians 6, 18, 19, praying always. Praying always with all kinds of prayer. Saturate your vision in prayer. Baptize your vision in prayer. Marinate your vision in prayer. That's why we're having prayer week starting tomorrow. We're praying over the vision of the church. We want to pray over it. Praying always. Let me tell you, prayer is such a part of what you do. Because as a visionary at a certain point, you, you realize that your efforts can only come so far. Even all your hard work and all your everything, you need an extra added something, 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 something to come upon you. And that something, 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 I call it the power of God and the anointing of God. God is able to take the ordinary. And when God comes upon the ordinary, the ordinary becomes extraordinary. God knows how to take the natural. And when the power comes upon the natural, the natural becomes supernatural. I see you walking in the extraordinary, the supernatural, another level. Yeah. Never think all your plans and your good plans and your good strategy is all that you need. Because sometimes people have all that, but they cannot move anything. Yeah, on paper it should be working. But they can't figure out why it's not working. I can tell you why it's not working. It needs the hand of God upon it. I said it needs the favor of God upon it. It needs that extra something, something, something. Our Africa, we know about this. Come on now. We know about this. We are spiritual people. Even in our days of not knowing the Lord, we had to go to somebody, ask nigga something. I'm talking about intanta. You know that after everything is said and done, 
you need some extra something something and that extra something something is everything can i hear an amen i have seen our projects work when we didn't have all the i's dotted and all the crease the t's uh, crossed I have seen Totsarnadi Bereka, even when I knew there were gaps over here and things, and we were who were sitting in the front, we knew who shot us somewhere, but God knows how to make up for what is shorting. Can I hear an amen, Bazala? Yeah. So after your vision you have, you've got to pray over it, pray over it. Pray for it before, after, pray for it during, pray for it at night, in the morning, pray for it, pray for it. You pastors of, of, of our branches, pray over the church, pray over the church. Walk all over the place, pray over it. Pray before the service, pray during the service, pray after the service, pray during the week, pray in the morning, pray in the evening, pray when you think about it, pray in the car, pray in the taxi, pray in the bus, pray all the time. Fill it with prayer. Can I hear an amen? Write your vision somewhere. Put your hand on it and pray over it and say, in the name of Jesus, I receive, I receive, I receive a thousand churches in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Yeah. I tell you, pray over it. Never underestimate the power of prayer. Never ever. You start with prayer, you pray during, you pray afterwards. I tell people, you know what, I figured it out. It's not by might. It's not by power. It is by the Spirit of the Lord. Can I hear an amen in the house? Can I hear an amen in the house? Can I hear an amen in the house? I've seen God work when our plans were not so great. I've seen God work when our strategy was not so great. I have seen God work when everything we had done was not so great. But when God comes into something that is not so great, nobody even realizes that yeah. Pray over it. Pray over it. Pray over your vision. Pray over your vision. Praying always. Praying always. Praying always. Praying always. Praying always. Praying always. I just feel the Lord say, some of you, that's where it, you are stuck. You haven't been praying about your vision. I feel the Lord say, some of you haven't taken enough time to pray about it. And that leads me to the next point is, number, number whatever. What number are we? Number seven. Number six. Follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit. See, if you are prayerful, let me show you what's out. You see, this is, this is strange. You know, i only learning it just the last few years. And I've said it, when you start with your vision, only then do you realize certain things that you never anticipated. You know, it's almost like when they quote you on something that you're going to build, you know. A church building or a house or something, they say it's going to cost two million. You know. You say everything but everything. And then you start building. And then, from nowhere, when you try to dig the foundation, you realize that the soil condition there is not what you thought. And then after that, then you need something stronger than what they told you. Then after that, then the material goes up because the petrol price... You, you couldn't have anticipated that. Next thing, one of your contractors gets sick and then they show up for work. When I not say I will be done in six weeks. Mother, you didn't factor in the sick contractor. So I've realized that at every stage, you need God to lead you. I'm telling you. Because the vision, it hits offerings. It comes to cul-de-sacs. The vision goes through speed humps. 
The vision sometimes gets hijacked. Sometimes resources dry up. The people who had promised you a loan at the bank, all of a sudden something goes wrong with that bank. And then they say, we can't give you the money anymore. What do you do? Yeah. Yeah. I'm telling you, if you don't know how to steal yourself, when you are in crisis, to hear the Lord. So I love that song. Be still. And know. Yeah. Follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit. With every vision you have. Follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Listen to what God tells you. You know, when we were building this first phase, it was really difficult. Not that it has gotten better. But this for me was one of the biggest lessons that helped me understand how vision works. Doesn't mean I didn't know. I knew, but this one, Murutifani in Orange Farm, they are watching this. He was our finance person at the time. And I remember three quarters through this project, we ran out of money. Easy. We ran out of money. And we have signed with a contractor a 10-key agreement. Meaning, he builds a building for us, completes it for an X amount of money, and delivers it to us within a specific time. And we must pay him when he brings his invoices at a certain time, otherwise penalties kick in. We had made financial projections, and on paper everything looked well. But then the money didn't come in like we thought. And then we ran out of money, and we needed five million rands to top up in two weeks' time. Yeah. I'd love to have you do that, my friend. Go raise five million in two rand, two in two, two weeks. And I remember him coming to my office and saying, Murut, 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 Roshataka, five million. What do you do? What do you do? Calm down. Because all the panicking is not going to solve the problem. Just, just, just chill. Just, 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 just. I, I, I remember, I, now, I won't lie, I was scared. But I, I got into, actually, after he spoke to me, I was in my office and I said, all right, please, I'm uh, Kobe, but can you evacuate my office? And when he left, I sat down and I prayed. And the Holy Spirit, at that time, that's when I learned, I didn't know this. The Holy Spirit put an impression in our hearts to call a person, a certain person. We couldn't find them, and other offers came that were not great offers. And finally, we called this person, told them about the situation, and said, can you please, the banks won't give us money. Can you at least, you are in that bank, they've given you a budget, you know our history, through all the legal means, can you approve this for us? And then they came back and said, no, my budget doesn't allow me that much. But what I didn't know is that when God put it on our house to call this person, the answer wasn't going to come through this person. But this person knew somebody who knew somebody through somebody via somebody because of somebody in somebody. And told this person in passing, who you know I was with 
the pastor of Grace Bible Church said that they were not actually telling them to help us. They were just talking nje. <laughs> and they're talking to somebody, by the way, at that time. But this person was working in Cape Town and had been attending our church in Mahikeng, which was planted by this one via this one, in this one, through this one, because of this one. <laughs> hey, Basalanda, you must never underestimate how God works. I'm telling you, Basalanda, you never know how God is going to solve your problem. You must never underestimate. <laughs> and finally, this person phones and says, Gurutu, Kutuabari. Whatever it is, and then they said, Well, we are with future growth. They're not necessarily a bank, you know, future growth. They would consider, I'm not promising, maybe we will see. And then, weeks' time. Everything signed, sealed. We were able to get along. And now let me keep your tip. I knew we could repay that loan in two years. But I didn't tell them. I pushed that they must give us maximum repayment time. I said, give us 20 years. They said, it's too long. They said, we can only give you 10 years. I said, oh, 10 years, oh, 10 years, oh, 10 years. Oh. But it's okay. <laughs> and we sat down as a board and agreed. Amen. For the next two, two years, Rilobo Falevanta. So just, Akirapela, interest works on your balance. Yeah. They said we must pay, I'll give an example, 5,000. I know that's not the actual figure. 5,000. We decided to pay 50,000. And then, two years later, we, when we went to repay the last installment, only then did they wake up and say, Hi, oh, you can't. You are not allowed. They said, No, no, the loan must run for more than two years before you can repay it. You can't. You, you will be violating whatever they quoted, which I wasn't aware of at the time. I said, Okay, no problem. We will pay and owe you one rand. You can work your interest on one rank for the next hour was alone. But you see, all of that Basalan comes from the wisdom that's from the Holy Ghost. That time in the morning when you pray, that time in the evening when you pray, those moments of quietness and stillness that people don't think much about, that people look down upon. They don't understand that it is in that moment that God makes you pregnant with vision and God gives you strategy and God touches people's lives and God puts people strategically on your path. Hasilaki, it is God who is at work. Uh, I remember when we finally repaid and I came here with the title deed. Show the people. Place came apart. We had repaid in record time. So when we did the second phase, Future Growth came to us and said, we can help you anytime. <laughs> yeah. And we repaid that in record time. And since that time, every building has been cash. Yeah. Ah. But you see, Mama Lambazala, 
We had to start somewhere. That's what I'm trying to tell you. We had to learn the principles of how to bring vision to fruition. We had to learn every step of the way. And every one of you, you can learn that. No matter how old you are, how young you are, at what stage you are in your life, you can learn that. And you know what the nice thing about these lessons are? They are timeless principles. If you learn it once, it's for keeps. If you learn it once, you can use it anywhere, anytime, and it will still work. I see you being a different person in 2016. I said, I see you being a different person. I said, I see you being a different person. Too long in Horeb, I am moving on to my destiny. Too long being ordinary, I am moving on to my destiny. Too long making excuses, I'm not making excuses anymore. Too long settling for defeat, petting myself on the back for being ordinary, petting myself for being under an underachiever. Too long I'm moving on to another place. How many say I'm moving on to another place? And that's what God wants for you. And it's doable. No matter what level you are, you can do all things through Christ to strengthen you. I said you can do all things through Christ to strengthen you. Be still and know that I am God. Be still. Some of you have come here this morning whether you are here in Pinville or you are watching where you are on the screen. You know that your life is not where God wants it to be. You haven't yet invited Christ into your life to be the Savior and the Lord of your life. But right now you want to invite him and say, Jesus, would you come into my life and make me a child of God? I want to start 2016 in a different way. For too long I've walked away from God. For too long I've come up with excuses for not making a decision for Christ. But I've been away too long. I want to come home. I want to come home. I want my life to be changed today. I just need prayer. If that is you and you need the prayer, where you are, would you just raise your hand please? Raise it high. I want to pray for you. Wow, thank you for those hands. Raise them up. This is your day. This is your day. This is your day. I want to ask all the people who raise their hands, even all the way back in the tent. You just come from where you stand and make your way to the front. Take all your belongings, please, as you come. Those of you in the overflow halls, go to the front of that building. Those of you in other venues, like Midrand, Orange Farm, Port Elizabeth, Captain, all those other venues. Walk to the front of that building. There are people who are there to help you. Come, today is your day. Give them a big hand as they come. Come on. Thank you, Lord. Give them a big hand. Keep on coming, keep on coming. Keep on coming, keep on coming. I'm tired of staying the same place. I am tired. 
I want to do something. I want to do something. Don't get tired of giving them a hand of encouragement this morning. That's why. That's why. Keep on coming. Keep on coming. Jesus. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. I'm sure you can tell from the response of the people that there's no better decision than this one. No other. No other. No other. Yeah. You know why? Because many of us made this decision many years ago. I was still fairly young. I was 17 years old when I made that decision. 5th of August, 1978. And I'll never regret it as long as I live. When Jesus comes into your life, changes you, makes you a child of God, and gives your life purpose and direction. If you had purpose and direction, you even become more purposeful. There's nothing like Christ coming into our lives. More than anything, he makes us to be God's children. And when we leave this world, we go home to be with the Lord. And I want to lead you in a very, very simple prayer. And after praying with you, we're going to take you to the counseling room and our counselors are going to talk to you for a short while. When they are done, the service will be over. You won't have to come back inside. But I want to say congratulations for your boldness and your character. Well done. Well done. Well done. All of you, well done. It's not easy to raise your hand and have to walk all the way to the front in front of all these thousands of people. But you are determined. And when God sees a determined person, God will not in any way turn his back on you. He'll give you exactly what you came for. Follow me in the prayer as we pray. And the congregation will join us. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I come to you just as I am. I invite Jesus Christ to come into my heart to be the Savior and the Lord of my life. Thank you for hearing my prayer and for coming into my heart. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And amen. All right.